Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the second part of this incredible episode of Queer I Am, the podcast, live and unscripted. The conversation continues and we also have an audience Q&A. I hope you enjoy. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. May I, may I give a toast? Very much. Yes. Ooh. May I? Okay. I, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to give a toast. Oh. Um, so I hope you all have full drinks, and if not, swap spit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I to, to 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 all of us here who, in being here, are furthering the discussion on what it is to exist as a queer body. To us, experiencing queer joy experiencing gender euphoria, experiencing oneness and wholeness with ourselves and those around us. Cheers. 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 Oh, that's so tastes good. tastes like Jolly Ranchers. Do you remember Jolly Ranchers? I fucking love Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, that tastes like a Jolly Ranchers. Rancher. It's a strawberry kiwi Jolly Yes, Ranchers. that's it what is. it is. Yes. I knew I knew the flavor. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Have a multi shot, everyone. Honestly, that's just, so good. That's yes. Like, just don't put it on shot, my tab. Get some bite trap. We're, we're all loosened up now, aren't we? <laughs> Ooh, go. It's going to get rowdy. <laughs> Let's go, baby. The so, fire is um, lit. So, a few more, few more questions. I'm going Because these are a few things that I've written about, and I won't even ask you guys, um, <laughs> slurring, what, <laughs> what you think about it. So... The community has lots of identities, pronouns, um, but I think these are often criticised and mocked in the media. For example, I hate giving this man airtime, but did anyone see James Barr's interview last week with Piers Morgan about Sam Smith's show? Right, and how awful and vile. I think I lasted about three seconds yeah. until I turned it off. Same. <laughs> I was literally almost... Horrendous. Like, you know, yeah, but like James Barr, credit to them, they held their own and were great. Yeah. But we have people like that, privileged people who are mocking those situations. So what are your thoughts? Who wants to go? Well, 
I, uh, <laughs> do you know what? First, I, yeah, it's it's infuriating, isn't it? And we know exactly why they're doing it because, in the way that media is is promoted now, it's you know it's clicks, and we know that that's that's how you get a, a snappy headline or something that's kind of going to get people kind of riled up or you know hate sells. It does. It gets it gets all of us, and and it's really hard to to log off from that and disengage from that conversation and all credit to people that go on those shows because I was I've been invited onto Good Morning Britain a number of times and I was like until Piers Morgan fucks off absolutely not (laughs) Um, because I just couldn't do it but I think there's an amazing there's an amazing non-binary artist called Alok V Menon and an amazing um, speaker as well and something that they said really it just resonated with me so much and they said when I they come to this conversation with such love and grace and they say when I walk into a space and somebody has a visceral reaction to my queerness you know that they are a brown person with you know uh, uh, with earrings and and cross-gendered clothing and makeup and is comfortable with that it's it's because they represent the possibility of anything that that person could be and yet they've narrowed themselves down or society has narrowed themselves down into this one thing and it is terrifying to go you you represent to me i could be anything that you are and a million other things and that terrifies people and it pushes them further back into themselves and retreats and the best way to counter that as hard as it is is to not push back and shout at them is to look at that with compassion and that's so hard when those are the people that oppress you but um i just think it's a really refreshing way of looking at it and going it, it you're terrified why are you terrified <laughs> like free yourself up like like what i said before, been through to have that fear absolutely and, like, that yeah. trauma yeah, yeah absolutely it's a lot of time is and what i found personally when people do have this that and it is like it's one of the most horrible fucking moments when someone has that visceral reaction to you and you feel it and every and it literally it feels like you're still on the spot and it feels like you're melting sometimes because like it's so weird because like you don't know this person you've never met them and they have this look at you for hate like you stabbed their nan in the face do you know what I mean it's like it's like what have, what have I done what an image do you know what I mean it's a bit of those shots are fucking strong um, <laughs> But um, it, it's, it's a horrible feeling to have, but it is, it comes from what I found internalised, internalised shame, maybe internalised homophobia and sometimes, because it's like you said, we represent, and what I feel, and it's why actually I get angry for a second when I feel this, and actually then I don't, I then pity, because I'm like, actually, me being this, I feel like I know myself so well now, and I feel like I'm happy with knowing myself uh, the thought of somebody being that comfortable and being that able to express themselves terrifies you because you don't feel that you could ever do that. And that is what's scary to you, that you can't do what this person's doing in front of you and that terrifies you. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel sorry for you and I'm sorry that you feel that way. 100%. And, 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 and a, a personal message to Piers Mongrel. Um, <laughs> how does it feel to know that black and brown trans bodies are literally paying you. How does it feel to know that like you are in trying to ridicule or shame these people, 
that's your paycheck. That's your day to day. That's your that's your retirement. That's your college, your kids' college fund. That's whatever. So to Piers Mudblood, whatever his name is, um, you're fucking welcome. It's so terrible to. It's so true. I think there's so much fear amongst people. They don't know what to say, and so they just like there's this hate. And I think that's the thing. That's it's just very sad, isn't it? And I think the compassion point that you mentioned is really important. But I think there comes a point where actually you don't need to always be compassionate. You can be no, pissed Helen off. Helen was about to fire. go, fuck compassion. <laughs> well, I also think just from a day-to-day point of view, it's good manners. If someone wants to be referred to in a certain way, it's just good manners to do that. Makes what no does it cost point. anybody? Yeah, I just, why wouldn't you? I just yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's politeness. It's good manners. So how does to refer to somebody in the way that they wish to be referred to? So how? So pronouns? Do we all use pronouns? What are, What are our pronouns? What is everyone comfortable talking about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm non-binary. I'm like, he they, but I'm, I'm actually one of the lucky ones because I'm he they and I do dragon and I'm a she, so you technically can't fuck it up no matter what you do. <laughs> um, but I must admit. When someone does use the correct pronouns, some people are very, very um, precious with pronouns, and I get why. For some people, it's been a very, very long, hard struggle in certain aspects, and I get why they are so, so important. For me, I'm quite lax with it, but I must admit, when someone does use the correct pronouns, it does feel really great, and it feels really nice. I'm never going to kick off with someone for using the wrong ones, because you know, but I, I present doing like this. I, I get why someone just say he, or that makes sense, or just, or, or gay boy. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, it does feel good for me personally with my pronouns when someone uses the correct ones. Or when they try to, or if they like apologize, oh, I'm sorry, they, or so, I'm like, oh, wonderful, thank you so much. It's just nice. And it makes no difference to anybody else's life to be able to do that. Um, so I don't understand why people find it difficult or to, or have like an issue with it. Don't do my light, bitch. <laughs> not don't do my light bitch not don't do my light bitch are you supposed to hear being like the even person in put the, the group put the spot like... back on <laughs> what about you Takwa um, well I I have a really interesting thing with pronoun. I think I never cared I think I've never cared from when I was younger and now I'm realizing it's important to care um, and especially Again, as a historically marginalized body, as a black trans body, it is important for me to set a boundary and stick to that boundary. Now, at first when I came out as non-binary, I was like, they, them. And every time they, them, everyone was like, he. And I was like, okay, but it's not he, it's they, them. And then recently, this discussion about using fish, which, fuck off. Um... (laughs) Then I was just, I I felt like I was forced to step into my trans femininity at a time where maybe I'm still figuring it out because due to the fact that I am not giving you outwardly the thing that you expect of a black trans feminine body, you're going to tell me that I'm a man. So here's what I'm going to do. The pronouns are they, them, she, her. If you see me in guiche, if I look this good, if I come out dripping and glowing like a goddess, it's she. Don't fuck about. (laughs) And if it's anywhere in between, if you see me in Tesco coming back from the gym, it's Darkwa or they, period. Because I'm I'm not, at this point in time, I don't need to 
dim my existence for someone else to be comfortable. The Bezoses will Bezos. The Trumps will Trump. And the bigots will bigot. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, okay, all of these forces exist in the world. Here is the way that I want to be addressed. And that is it. And if you don't want to address me in that way, so be it. But you're also going to get none of my business, none of my custom, and none of my family. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nathaniel? Um, gay and fabulous? Yes. <laughs> I mean, look at that jacket and trousers. Or, yeah, exactly. or like, well, sometimes, sometimes I'm like all three, because it's better with three, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think there's a real, I, I joke about that, and then I realise there's a real privilege, and you sort of said that, like, f- for me and the way that I move through the world, it's, it's quite easy, and I'm, you know, I'm not misgendered. I, I would say that I'm, I, I use female pronouns with my friends. We refer to each other as she a lot. You know, and I'd never really thought about that until my trans and non-binary friends, you know, brought that discourse into my life. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of important and not important at the same time. And the way that we refer to one another reflects that. And I think um, so for me. It's in flux, um, you know. I, I think he, she is kind of is kind of where I'm at. So normally it's like he, they, or she, they, but I think I'm those two. Yeah, that's lovely, Helen. Well, I'm not I'm not trans, so it's easy for me. I'm a she, her, and but I recognise and that it's important for people in the community, so I'll use it for other people. So I don't get misgendered because I've got such massive tits, probably. <laughs> Except one time I was in Covent Garden <laughs> recently and the waiter came out and said, what would you like, sir? And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, for me, yeah, I suppose it's easy for me, but I do recognise that it's important to other people and so I will use it for other people as they wish to be uh, referred to, yeah. Absolutely. I think that sometimes, you talked about getting things wrong. People get things wrong, right? We're human. We make mistakes. We do the wrong... I do this, you know, I've got a queer podcast. Sometimes I say the wrong pronouns. It's what's ingrained in your mind or how you see the world. And But actually, when you acknowledge that and you correct yourself, I think that's really important. What what can we do to make people feel more comfortable? Not because, you know, we need to give people a free ticket, but almost like if people make mistakes, how do we support them and say it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're respectful because i think sometimes it feels like that whole you know cancel culture someone said the wrong thing it's please take it sorry i this is just very much for me because again it's something that i it's it's something i experience all the time i I, i'm gonna start with the name so i was in a bar once and someone asked me what my name was and i said darkwa and they were like really that's not your real name what's your real name and it wasn't until i had a white friend come up and co-sign that that's actually my name not only on my birth certificate but on my passports and on my documents um that this person then backed off i think that i personally think fuck making anyone feel uncomfortable feel comfortable that's me that is me a black trans person talking and saying fuck making anyone feel uncomfortable because currently where i'm at is fed up with the world 
I am fed up with the world asking me to constantly validate my existence when I walk into a room. I'm fed up with the world while I'm on the train or I'm in a park questioning whether I'm a woman or a man. I'm fed up with the world referring to me as miss when they see me. And then because I open my, I, I, I open my vocal cords and these dulcet tones come out, <laughs> that they then want to refer to me as he, him. You saw me as she. What, what? I'm not going to do anything to make you comfortable because I've been doing things to make you comfortable. I played football. I played basketball. I, I, I slept with women. And I don't have a problem with that. Honestly, I think women are great. But it's just, it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. I did it so that I could make fee- people feel comfortable. It is time that people also understand that your comfort in some situations does not fucking matter. Take several books, lay across a seat, read them, shut up. What about, and I completely agree, and I think that's a really honest and, you know, respectful response. But I think, what about in terms of, as a community, how do we not make people feel comfortable in the sense of, oh, you know, you've got it wrong, poor you or whatever, but just to open the conversation so people, if they do get something wrong, it's like okay, you've got something wrong, let's move on. How do we, because yeah. I think that's the thing that I think is... But I want to ask to that question, Ooh. why do we need to do anything? If they got something wrong, in the same way that if your name is Jacob and I call you John and I got it wrong, you just go, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. Just remember that it's Jacob next time. Why do we need to do anything to make them feel, uncom- feel comfortable? If we're already talking about the fact that we identify in different ways, if we're already talking about the fact that, okay, to you I look like a man, to me I'm somewhere in the middle. Maybe I'm a lizard queen. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, but the fact of the matter is, I've told you, forget gender, forget gender. You and I, we're talking, we're friends. I've told you I'm feeling uncomfortable about something. This is, this is the way this thing is making me feel. That you said, all you have to do is, I'm sorry, didn't mean to make you feel that way we'll bear it in mind for next time it is not on us to make anyone feel comfortable and i don't take issue with the fact that you're asking the question because the question that you're asking is in order to educate enlighten and help others to be able to relate to us but what they need to understand is we don't need to do that work yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i think what i'm what i'm yeah i completely agree with you i think what i find in the community is sometimes people are scared to ask questions or to have an opinion because they are scared of saying the wrong can thing I, can i jump in on this yeah. one i feel like it comes down to two categories when it comes to with me personally is this person have they made a mistake or is there malice behind what they're saying absolutely if there is malice behind what they're saying I will absolutely eviscerate them. If the and it's and because if you if you're going to put that out, just know like I literally I'm a cunt for a living. So like I will tear you up. If someone is they do it accidentally or they apologize, it's cool. But it's it's fine. Like thank you for acknowledging it. Thank you for blah cool. Like we live and we grow and we work. Myself four years ago. I was. I had never been in a position where I had even met a non-binary person. Had to use different pronouns. I didn't had even come to terms with the fact that I was non-binary, because my social setting and the place where I'm from that wasn't even a possibility mentally. It wasn't an avenue that could even be explored. Fucking hell, drag was a, an epiphany for them. So it was like 
I had to I had to train myself to use my own pronouns, which was mad. And also, until you get to the point where you truly understand and you converse with other people with different genders and, and different ways of being addressed, and you you have to actively in yourself practice and it is it's like anything else you practice it's not part of your regular repertoire and your regular way of speaking to people that's cool we learn new words every day all day of the week you're not always going to get it right it's learning a, a new part of your own language this is cool it's okay to fuck up and if you do and you catch yourself apologize easy so easy course it's done sis not a problem but the moment you come for that and you do this on purpose as a point of attack know that I'm going to tear your fucking head off. <laughs> and it's that simple. It's that simple. Because if you think you're going to do that to try and shame and embarrass me, you don't even know how I'm going to make you feel as a result of this. Read them yes. to Phil. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's uh, the, both of what you're saying there is so valid and that, and that anger and that rage and that passion because it's what you live and feel every day and it's exhausting and I see it and I see it in my friends and my cutipoc friends and I wish that it, the world was different and that I could, you know, I could carry some of that or we could take that away in some way and it's it's really heartbreaking sometimes to see where it takes leads people but i think as 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 a white cisgendered gay man i can be an ally to that cause and i can i what i can do is is i can do some of that conversation where where for instance for you Darkwai, it might be you, you know you have that absolute you know legitimate emotional reaction to that because it's what you feel and actually maybe I can do I can have that conversation with someone who human beings are really complicated things we we if you if you attack someone often they retreat further into their own we go into we go into binaries unfortunately we retreat back into our own things and to queer the conversation is quite is quite a challenge and it's something I'm you know I'm, I'm if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite, uh, quite uh, you're very vocal on Twitter. Very fucking vocal. Reason. And um, and I, I think, I think sometimes what we have to sometimes do, or, or I'm in a privileged position where I can do this because I'm not misgendered regularly. So I, I can step back and go, okay, how can I approach this in a different way that might help educate someone, or how might help them see it from a different perspective and that might be like you know stepping away from the rage stepping away from that that emotional response which is hard for me as well because i see i see my friends go through it and i go through it as well in 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 a different way in a different kind of you know from homophobia or whatever but i think if you are able and you have that privilege to be that person to be an ally and step in and again being an ally is complicated i sometimes get it wrong like I sometimes get it really fucking wrong, um, but that doesn't mean I should shut up and not start the conversation. Because because it, as long as I'm coming at that with a good heart, and I, I if somebody says that upset me or hurt me or you got that wrong, and I'm gracious and I say I it was never my intention, please help me understand why, and then you grow and learn. And that if you can help other people move to that place, but we're not taught to move through the world in that way. Mm. We are we're very much move through the world often in a reactionary way yeah. so just something i want to mention and actually luciana who owns uh Arcobaleno, talked about this a few weeks ago and this has really stuck with me and i think it's a really powerful statement she made and she was talking about the fact that with allyship we are searching for everyone outside of our community to validate accept be allies but it's what you're talking about there it's the 
inside the community how can we all help each other we've got to get our own house in order to really support each other and make the change that actually those outside influences yes they can be great but they're not integral because actually we have each other's backs that's why i'm saying that is so important we're going to get this as any sort of marginalized community in any way any aspect unfortunately is kind of how society works and it is a bit crap but that is how it works i don't this is why we need to change we are all in this position together in some way marginalized we can all relate on that aspect so how on earth and i should say it blows my mind how one marginalized community can marginalize the community within their own marginalized community makes me fucking weep like how is that something we feel is okay when we sit and complain about it day to day i think that that's because we live in a society that commodifies selfishness and ultimately rewards you for dogging out the people that you love and leaving them behind. And I, I'm, I'm, again, this sounds really like apocalyptic. It's not all horrible. It's not the end of the world. But ultimately, we are encouraged to self-reflect, but self-reflect in a way that makes us commercially viable to those who actually don't want to see the furtherance of our community, but rather want to capitalize upon it until they can find a way to either further marginalize or destroy it. And I think once we get out of the thinking that we all live in this world together and so we're all doing the same thing together and actually be like, okay, hold on. I might be in the rat race, but someone's in the gutter. Like, it's it's how, how society treats its most marginalized, most outcast. That is what actually reflects what the society, what society we live in is like. And so when we talk about getting our own house in order, we also have to talk about the fact that even those of us who have our bedrooms within said house relatively in order need to be going out and doing more. Because that's just, that's just the long and short of it. Like, to, I want to go just a little bit back to talking about things that made us feel uncomfortable. And I didn't realize that this made me feel uncomfortable um, until after everyone had spoken. And I was like, oh my God, I actually didn't have... I was not comfortable even having a relationship with any of my nephews or younger male cousins for how it may be perceived by people either within or outside of my family. I cut myself off from talking to loads of different men in my family because of the experiences that I had had and also because maybe they, because they didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say and therefore didn't say anything. But real talk, if you are in a position of maybe higher privilege, we all benefit from privilege in some way, um, and I say that because within Africa, uh, within other POC societies, there are caste systems, etc. So there's still privilege within that. But it's, it's, it's created ultimately by a force that was outside of our community. Mm, maybe. Um, and when it comes, when, when you come to actually look at it, you're like, oh, hold on a second. Like, all of these people know what they're talking about, but they're talking about these conversations in spaces where everybody is also agreeing with them. So even though it feels like we're furthering the conversation and maybe every so often someone else learns something new, we're actually speaking in an echo chamber. 
Those who are our allies who benefit from more privilege need to put your necks on the line because you not knowing what to do and what to say when you still benefit from more privilege than the person that you're supposedly trying to support, you not saying anything that day could be the difference between them being alive or dead. And I know that because it's been the difference for me. Because I can sit in a room and I can feel completely despondent and completely out of it and left alone and completely misunderstood because of my identity, not only because I am femme, but I am black. And I also happen to be muscular, which lends to the black masculine. But because I, am, I don't act like a black masculine person stereotypically, I am then too femme to be a man. I am too man to be a woman. I don't sit anywhere. I sit completely on the outside. Now, when you already feel like you completely sit on the outside and you have no one that you can you feel that you can speak to because again no one is actually volunteering themselves to even potentially say the wrong thing to then help have you go no 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 i understand that you're trying to help but maybe this isn't the thing that you need to do like if you're not going to in your position of increased privilege of higher power of more comfort put yourself out just a little bit to see how someone is doing or to try and help someone or to move a conversation forward, then I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how much you give to whatever charity, you may as well be Donald Trump. Because what you're doing is holding back your voice that could pull someone out of the deepest, darkest depths of depression and the, the, the deepest, darkest feelings of worthlessness that make them feel that they want to take their own life. And you're just being like, oh, well, I wasn't sure what to do and I didn't know if I was going to offend them, so I'm not going to say anything. No, 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 baby. I'm sorry. Sitting next to me and giving me a hand is one thing. Sitting next to me and just going, I don't think I can ever fully understand what it is that you're going through, but I can hear the pain in your voice and I am sorry. I am sorry that the world is causing you so much pain. It validates someone's experience, makes them feel like they are not crazy, and therefore makes them feel that maybe they can go on one more day. And that one more day could be the day that they find like a ray of sunshine that takes them through the rest of their life. So if there is anything that I can say to anyone, anywhere, ever, if you don't know what to do, fucking do something. And I think that's the power of learning, isn't it? There's, there's so much out there for us to tap into, to learn and to get more experience. And, you know, the not knowing is not good enough almost. It's like we, we need to educate ourselves. Google we, is your friend. <laughs> yeah, we have a responsibility to educate, to keep learning, to listen to conversations like this one. And, you know, but, but it's, it's powerful because it means that people listen to things or read things that maybe they didn't have any idea of and then it changes their perception and and moves things forward so thank you for sharing that nathaniel hello you have an amazing new show coming out next year I do have a new show here cool. comes the plug cool. <laughs> are you ready <laughs> called toxic but we talked the other day and it felt very fitting to mention it based on what we're discussing today so do you want to talk about toxic sure yeah so toxic um, so through I, through first time, um, so I mentioned that, that <laughs> I mentioned Will Young when I was telling my story. So the, my first boyfriend looked like Will Young, or that's how I've canonized him in my mind. And I was a bit 
obsessed with Will Young because at that time he was the only sort of, well, he was a very prominent sort of, you know, uh, queer icon, really. Um, and I, there was a lot of Will Young in first time, uh, his music. Um, and um, he came to see the show. <laughs> And now we're kind of friends. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? I'm just a kid from Stockport. How's like Will Young, my friend? Um, so now through Toxic, I'm mani- manifesting Britney, obviously. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, this is, this is, she's got a lot of free time now. Like, she can come over, can't she? Surely. Um, I'll call the ancestors for you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, no, so, but Toxic is, is sort of, sort of the next chapter, really. As I was making first time, I'm my professional life was doing this. My personal life was doing this. Um, and <clears throat> I was in a very, 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 very toxic, codependent, abusive relationship, actually. And my, my, my ex-partner had, um, this, is not, this is not to excuse his behaviour, but he had you know, a lot of mental, health, mental ill health that was not getting the support that it needed. And that was part of the fuel. But I was in that dynamic and I was starting to mirror that that behaviour and the way that we treated one another. And we, we, we enacted out our traumas on one another in various different ways. Um, and it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> um, and so I knew I wanted to sort of maybe tell this story in some way, but um, I, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult to tell that from a, from a first person perspective for, and it's not safe always to do that. So, so it's kind of, I've started to fictionalize the story. Um, and it, 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 we meet two people who in their own words at the start of the show, this is the story of how we met, fell in love and fucked it up. Um, and it's, I, I realized at the time when I was sort of going through a lot of therapy, um, and kind of unpicking everything that happened. I was speaking to some friends and then I read uh, Matthew Todd's Straight Jacket book, um, which I was like, that's a fucking great title, Matthew. Um, why, if you hadn't used that, that'd be the name of the show. Um, but, you know, I realised that actually, I think it was quite a common thing that was happening. And although the version of what I went through was very extreme, I think a lot of, a lot of particularly um, uh, gay, bisexual and male identifying people that I was speaking to had been through similar things um and i was like i think we need to have this conversation so that's what toxic is it's a laugh a minute um <laughs> i'll have them rolling in the aisles of this one um, no but actually it is it is actually uh, i think as with first time it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a funny show and it's sides side splittingly funny because that's the way that you i think you connect with people and tell a story and and there is humor really 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 in the darkest of places um so it's in a it's in it's, it's in its infancy i've had a research and development week with an amazing team um, it premieres at home in Manchester in October and then it's on a national tour I hope to bring it to Brighton yes. um, if we can find <laughs> we can find a space that is suitable um, and I'll have us um, yes here yes <laughs> is it is it are you are you in it how many characters are in it what is it you no know one, no, when no one's given you any work write a show and put yourself in it <laughs> that's the best way um yes i'm in it and there is another performer wonderful performer called joshua susan um who's an, a, a really beautiful uh, and giving and loving performer um and yeah um yeah, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, it's kind of still revealing itself to me as a story and as a show and as a um, as a piece. But hope- did you say it had a really good soundtrack? It has an amazing soundtrack. Thank you for the prompt, Helen. I'll pay you Pleasure. later. <laughs> um, What's the sound? Is it? 
To- is it toxic? No, it's, yeah, it's just toxic by Britney. <laughs> on loop. On loop for the whole thing. It's a durational piece and I just danced to it. Yeah. Uh, naked. Uh, no. Um, so, it, um, so no, we've, had, we've got an original soundtrack. So it's got like a, a, an original thumping house music soundtrack. It's kind of really high energy. We've got really, um, we've got an amazing club visual artist who's coming and, and making visuals on the stage. And yeah, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be really special. Amazing. Congratulations. That sounds incredible. If the Arts Council give us the money, that's the caveat. Waiting for an Arts Council decision. If we get that money, then it's on. Oh, Arts Council. I'll find out in June. (laughs) Arts Council, did you say? Arts, yeah. The Arts Council. Council. (laughs) We had that problem. No, no. We love the Arts Council. They do lots of my work, but but yeah, it's a bureaucratic nightmare. Absolutely. That no, sounds incredible. Um, well, I definitely want to come watch it in Manchester when it opens. Um, road trip. Road trip. And yeah. I've never I've never been to Manchester. What? What? Oh, my gosh. It's gay mecca. Mm. I lived in Suffolk for 37 years. Uh, right, okay. I've only just gone free to Brighton, so I don't need to come and... Um, come and yeah, visit. I've got on. a spare room. You can, oh, sleep. You can have that. Oh, thank there you. you That's very kind. Sorry, so, you all, everyone's still here. We're just having, yeah, like, yeah, we're just yeah. having like a chat like we're yeah. in a bar. Sorry. <laughs> Me, Dark Run, Helen, like, thanks for the invite, bitch. You know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck am I still doing here? You can, share, you can if, you, if you don't mind sharing a bed, it's yours. <laughs> So, final question, and then we're going to move on to an audience Q&A, and I hope everyone's got some questions. But um, how do you feel that your identity has elevated your careers, or your sense of identity? And I think I've answered the question. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I write about. So, um, it's a whole manifestation of my identity is in my books, and... People, you know, people can write, but, you know, as I said before, you can kind of write for market and you, you produce something that you kind of think people are going to like. But if you do that, it's, you're never really going to feel like it's coming from an authentic place within you and, and being, your, you know, it's you. So it's all fictionalised. These are made up characters but there's something of you in the piece, and you know, and when you're speaking about when you're Vera, you know, when you put that out, for me, the outfit is the book, you know, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a literary version of my identity. Yeah. Nathaniel? Um, well, it's funny because when you train to be an actor, they train the gay out of you. Um, and you'd think that practice had gone away, but it actually hasn't. And still in drama schools, I mean, it's less so now, but, you, you know, I was told, and I have friends who were told, if you don't straighten up, you won't get work. That's, that is, that is the, the, it's an, that's a lot to take on when someone's saying, don't be you because you're not going to make any money. Um, and, and actually, I, I, I embodied that for a long time and that was, was still, you know, part of all that shame that we're always carrying and, and trying to rid ourselves of. And then I realised in the process of making first time really and, and kind of being, moving towards authenticity, being HIV positive, but also with, within my, my queerness, it was like, no, it is my superpower. And if you don't want me like this, you're not getting me at all. Do you know what I mean? And that's where the magic has happened. You know, I, I've, I, my career has only improved because of that. So that is my biggest piece of advice to young performers and young, and young actors is be 100% you. And if someone isn't making the work for you then like i said go make it yourself one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah, and I'm, it's a sin. Six million downloads, I think. Oh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe so, more. I don't. Who knows? You know, it's in so many different countries. Uh, apparently, I was on a billboard in like France. I was like, oh, wow. great! Who knew? Amazing. But I think it's you know a testament to being authentic your your best work comes from that if you anything less you're you're not really i don't know you're not authentic in the in the work and it's not going to be a true reflection of what you want to do um yeah talk well i mean my identity um <laughs> sorry i was like my identity is my whole career and i'm like no my career is my whole identity um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I hid my light under a proverbial bushel for a very long time, hiding behind different publications and organizations and blah, 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 and giving essences of myself, but not giving the full eau de parfum. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I think now I'm just like, well, if it's not me, I'm not doing it yeah. at all. If anyone approaches me, if a brand approaches me, and this is something that I'm going to say to any young creative anywhere right now if a brand approaches you and asks you to do something but then also asks you to do it specifically in only their parameters stop assess the situation because who did they approach you then they had an ask the fact is they want you so know who the fuck you are and say i will do this 
I'm going to do this, but this is how it's going to work for me. And if it works for me like that, the people who follow me or work with me or whatever are going to resonate with it more. You, your voice is one of a kind in this universe. No one thinks like you, even if you're an identical twin. No one thinks like you. No one knows every single thought that's on your mind. No one knows how you're going to navigate or move through the world or whatever. So completely step into it. And every time you hear, oh no, this is how it should be done. Remember that when someone was making the first wheel, lots of other people said, this is how it should be done. And here we are, God knows how many thousands of years later, still with fucking round wheels. We're not in floating cars. You know, when someone said, this is how we're going to do lipstick. And someone was like, "Mm, I'm not so sure. Maybe you just want to get some raspberries and put them on your mouth. They said, no, I'm going to make a formula. And they did it. There's a rule book. Of course, there's a rule book. But a rule book is simply a guideline. Just like do what the fuck you want. Do, do you? Yeah, do you. Do Absolutely. you. Do it unapologetically, unashamedly, and own it. Own the you that you, you are. Own the mistakes that you make. You know, you, you fuck up. So- Sorry, I'm talking for so long. Um, you fuck up somewhere and you're doing something like whatever. Just like, yeah, okay, cool. I did that. This is where I was at the time. I understand why this happened. It will not just... Be you. Take ownership of every single moment because embarrassment is nothing but tomfoolery of the mind. Like, just get up, go, do it. When you fall down, own that you fell, look down, laugh about it, and let that mark in the floor where you fell be your checkpoint if you go further and find you have to walk back. That's what I say. I could listen to you all night. (laughs) Thank you. I could be here all night. (laughs) It's awesome. That's good. What she, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Pronouns. <laughs> She's got gish. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, um, in terms of career and identity, the more comfortable and the more and the braver I've got with accessing and unlocking those parts of myself and accepting them and learning to love them and then project them outwardly has benefited my career so much because that's now formed um, one thing that is also in one term financially beneficial, wonderful. It's a, it's a job I can do, but it's also something which is so fucking cathartic for me. And it's, it allows me to express myself and I can, I can vent through it and I can do this. And by allowing yourself to access like your, like your own personality and how you truly are as a person, your own individualization of a situation, like you said, no one thinks the same way as anybody else. And to honestly just take stock in that and have a moment and believe, like, you know, it's, it's valid. And it's valid feelings. My feelings are just valid. So to take this part of your personality and put it into what you do and what you love. And if you are a creative, put it into it. Don't be afraid. And it's like leaving yourself completely exposed and naked and vulnerable when you're doing that as well. But it's also one of the most amazing ways to grow as a person and also just to find that confidence within yourself. And hearing you say, obviously, about going through drama school and stuff, and it does still happen with asking people to butcher. My friend got taught, my friend had a six week course on learning to walk like a straight man. 
Why would you want to do that? I know, right? <laughs> like, I'm not walking at heterosexual walking speed. I've got years of trauma. I need to get places fast. Do you know what I mean? Like, we always say gay people, we walk really fast because we're literally walking because we're running for our fucking lives. <laughs> yeah. We do. You're always like, Mary's going to get pace. She has it. But, um, and it's also mad they still do it within drama school considering 90% of the people there are flaming homosexuals. Um, but it's... It's like you said, and it's just really echoing what you've all said, learning to really take stock in who you are, being unapologetic about that as well. If you're not doing something that's harming somebody else's life, why should you feel sorry about that? Why should you feel sorry about wanting to feel just as whole as that person you see on television every day, that person hosting Good Morning Television, that cunt Pierce Morgan? Do you know what I mean? Like, why should you not want to feel as, as wholesome and as together and as valid as that person said, there's no reason, no reason on this earth why you should not feel as valid as any other person in this room and vice versa. It's a two-way street, honey. So don't allow people to make you feel that way and don't for one second ever fucking believe it. And that's the worst thing. Remember, you're wonderful. That's simple. Amazing. Thank you all so much. This has been awesome. Do we have any audience questions? because we definitely want some. Oh, we do! You're out! Oh, hello. Well, I don't know how to make the question. Um, talking about representation in like books, films, TV shows. For example, the last Scream movie, I don't know if you watch it, there is a lesbian couple on it, mm-hmm. and because of that, it's been banned in some countries. Also, like, like year because there was a lesbian couple giving just a one second case where a lot of controversial, like out of parents saying, you wanna make my son gay, blah, 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 blah. And also people saying it's a woke culture and if there is an inclusive person, a black person, a trans person, blah, blah, they're saying it's like they're forcing something. Why? I mean, because it's something that is normal and we are like growing up as a society, but why if we are putting things that we are growing up and knowing more with more knowledge, people are just criticizing and, and, and being just getting all against that. I don't know if I explained yeah. I I got your question. Um and I'd like to dive in, girls, if I may. Just go right ahead. <laughs> I think that this problem comes from the fact that it's ultimately a disingenuous venture from the very beginning. We talk about people being more inclusive in movies, but like, what are the boardrooms of those movie production companies looking like? How many black people, trans people, trans women, trans men are in there? Disabled people. How many screenwriters who are in there are making jokes that pertain to transness or disability from the lens of a trans person? We are still even though we are being included in the media and even though these production companies are including a black trans person and a differently abled person, et cetera, et cetera, in these films and so on, it's only so that they know that they can secure that pound or that dollar from that demographic. Pink pound. So ultimately what we all need to continue to do is just because everything happens to look like a 2012 United Colors of Benetton campaign, we need to understand that that is not what diversity is. Diversity is not the photo 
that is taken at the end of the staff trip. Diversity and inclusion is the process of having that staff trip in the first place, of thinking about Linda, who fell nine years ago and has like a torn patella in her knee, and how is she going to get into the room? Or, or Jacob, who actually happens to be, just by luck of the draw, one of the only five black people in the financial department who can come on this trip, um, and there's no one else that's going to be there that's like him. How do we then make this person feel comfortable or safe or able to talk about them it's about actively making space um and this this is sorry I'm, i'm going on again but this is this is a problem that i have especially with the fashion industry and with publishing is that consistently the old guard defend their jobs while claiming that they champion new talent by giving them 15 minutes in the limelight not giving them any of the tools to manage their 15 minutes of the in the limelight discarding them and then either signing them away so that this creative can't draw or design or dance or sing lest it's done through their label and if it's done through their label or this brand or this management company it also then has to be done in a certain way which then means that your queerness your fantasticness your vivacity is shelved until they believe that it is appropriate exactly or financially beneficial and so what what i would say um because i think i think that that I, i gave was maybe an answer to the direct question but what i would say we can do to combat that question is we all have incredible devices at our fingertips in the in our phones um in our laptops in our cameras we also all have incredible storytelling capability because lord knows when you fell down that escalator and dropped your milk you managed to call becky and let her know oh my god girl can you imagine <laughs> so if you can do that and we have all of these other things we have our languages we have Every single person here is an influencer. You don't need a million followers. Because the people who love you and see the things that you love and care for will be influenced by your love for those things to also love those things. So get the fuck out of your phone. Get in the room. Start influencing your spheres. Because the trickle-down effect is real and it's the only one that was taught to us because they wanted to tell us that the rich people have the power. But honey, plants grow upwards, just like black hair. It's magnificent. <laughs> Amazing. Any other questions? Yes, thank you. It's more of a statement. Um, so, excellent evening. Um, but I still feel we're being reactive versus proactive. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really need... I, I agree, um, you know, all this explanation and, you know, trying to explain stuff is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I think people are smart enough to figure it out. 20 years later, there is diversity, there is inclusion. Um, I And I know probably a lot of people will go, oh, my God. But I, I tend to think of Israel, you know, because... They did something 70 years ago where no one expected this whole, and very much like the queer community, you know, people from different backgrounds, different, and they created a state. And I know 
I, I, I'm very aware that there's a lot of here who would say, oh, well, but the Palestinians. But take the positive of what they did. They became strong. And I think the queer community today needs to become strong. We need to believe in ourselves and not wait for the validation from externally um, people saying, you know, who down the road going, oh, well, you know, and as Arcobaleno, we we have a lot of negativity because we are not a sexualized, um, you know, alcohol, drug-driven venue. And, you know, obviously I hope you meet your soulmate, but it's, prob it's not a meat market. You know, we don't do drugs in the... It's good because <laughs> I'm a vegan, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I have mega lights down in the toilets because about the drugs but we also believe that everyone should have an opportunity to have a good time we we don't charge because we want people to be able to come here and not have money be a barrier to having a good time but there's a lot of people who don't agree with us and that's okay we we can take that so far um, but we will keep fighting but when I look at the four of you and you're successful in your own ways, I feel that there is still, and with, honestly, I, I don't mean to offend, but there is still this feeling of less than. And I think it needs to stop. I think we are more than. I think th th just on the stage, there is so much brilliance, so much talent. Why? Why do we need to apologize anymore? Can I feel Clay jumping on this one? I feel like this is so deeply internalized in me personally. In, uh, and I'm talking from, from, from day dot. Do you know I mean? The moment you, the moment you come to realize these aspects of your personality, of your identity, the moment that you're growing up, you're feeling shame about these things. When, when you're conditioned for long enough to believe that you're less than, I outwardly project because I, I, I know that I deserve to be confident. I know that I deserve to be happy. Does it stop me from feeling less than? No, it doesn't. Um, I wish it didn't. I wish it didn't stop me feeling less than. I, one of the reasons I love Brighton so much and why this is my home. I've been here about two and a half years now. I have never had one single issue. I walk down the streets, I'm myself, I'm 100% me, I'm so happy and I'm so relaxed and my shoulders, my shoulders relax. And it's gonna sound really trivial, but when you're places and you don't know what's going on and you're uncomfortable, your shoulders are up, your back's up, it's tension. I'm literally relaxed here. I went up to see my, uh, my family in Wales, in Cardiff, like the other week. And I've been in Wales for, what, four hours. I've been verbally gay bashed openly twice in four hours. I don't want to feel less than. I try not to be. I try to remember that I am wonderful. But when you've got years and years and years of systematic bashing... And, and I'm still sat there day to day watching the things people say about non-binary people so openly and so viscerally and so hatefully. I find it hard sometimes to remember that. And I think part of the reason why a lot of queer people are performers and creatives is because it is for us this way. This is our super proud way for us to get our, our, our 
like personality out and have this like expression because we're so talented and as a community we're so wonderful and colorful we've got so much to offer we've just unfortunately got it in our own heads and we still believe it sometimes i still believe it sometimes that i am less than i know how, how do we how do we then change that open conversation supporting each other listening to other people and different experiences and being a voice when you hear people saying about it not just disregarding it but so i I have a question then we talk about the lgbt community define it for me because there is no community i don't i don't like yeah exactly and i think you know maybe it is time to get a bit mobilized maybe it is time to put some structure in yeah maybe it is time for you know those young kids who come up and, this, and, this is and it. Google LGBT, and yeah. there's a community, and there is no yeah. community. Well, we were saying this about Pride when we did our podcast, and we were mentioning about allyship and Pride, and we were saying about, um, like, yes, it's it's amazing people going to Pride, but once again, it is unfortunately people cashing in on the pink pound and just making money because if you've ever bought a drink at Pride and remortgaged your house after a can of hooch, <laughs> you'll know this. A can of hooch. Uh, oh no, honey, <laughs> honey, I'm basic. Like, <laughs> But, but you have, we have all these things and we have all these avenues and opportunities for us to express ourselves and, and converse and communicate with all different types of people from all different walks. Unfortunately, what it's done is it's sold as a party and we don't use these opportunities to educate people. We should be using Pride to educate people. This is a whole weekend where we have got thousands of straight cis people in our company as our guests. Thank you very much as well. Um, and we can use this to really, really educate people. I don't feel like we fully utilise that opportunity to be able to actually create um, knowledge. Honestly, I love you, but I'm tired of educating people. I know, but if we don't Seriously, who's going to do it? How much? But you know what? 20, 30 years on, and they're still not fucking educated? I know, I know, but we... What is it going to take? They're not stupid. I know, but we don't ever want to be like them, do we, babes? I I, I think think the... the, First of all, I think it's, it's totally fine for people and for our community to feel, like, tired and exhausted and to fuck it up like I fucked it up a a number of times in really really awful ways and I've hurt a lot of people and I have I just have to own that and I have to be honest and authentic and truthful about that and I've hurt myself a lot over the years you know and I've I've in various different ways I have harmed my body through different things and trying to deal with not just my queer like the the queerness and the HIV but also just existence and living you know as um is is a difficult thing you know but i think i I always think our our community we sometimes go there isn't an lgbt community i disagree there there really really is if you look um at um hiv as an example in the western world in the uk in europe and in america hiv was first first of all um it was it was seen to be impacting gay and bisexual men and it, it ran rampant through the community and through the the black and latino communities in america and nobody did anything about it reagan didn't mention hiv until 1986 by that point it had already killed millions of people and um and the same here thatcher didn't mention it until just after then our community was incredible our community went no i'm sorry that's we're not having that (laughs) and our community came together in and organized and rallied in ways that 
are remarkable. Section 28, when that was when that was passed through, that legislation was passed through, the largest ever LGBTQ um, uh, protest took place in Manchester, in my home city. It's, I'm so proud. Tens of thousands of people on the street in Manchester. There is an LGBT community and they do care and we do care about one another. Sometimes it does get frustrating. And yes, there is, we're never going to agree. <laughs> we'll never agree on everything and we will fight and there will be infighting. And, but I think I, 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 whenever I feel despondent, I do look to those examples and I go, yeah, actually, we organise and patient-centred care. You might have heard that phrase in the NHS. Didn't exist before queer people demanded that they had a say in their HIV care in the late 80s and early 90s. The whole concept of patient-centred care, which is now core to how the NHS and, and healthcare systems run, was because people with HIV and people who were looking after them demanded more say in how and the access to the drugs that they they wanted or the, the care that they had. So we are magic and incredible and resilient and I think as much as I recognise frustrations within our community I think it's really important to not get bogged down on that and try and turn and look to the incredible things that we have done and will continue to do um, as we move forwards as well Can I, can I add a little thing to Sure um, to what you said just because i think that i think it is important to acknowledge how far we have come and the good that we have done and the good that we continue to do i think in acknowledging that we cannot forget that the galvanizing of the community that happened happened across the community because all of us were dying literally but as we managed to fight and move forward and create change because so many of us were dying, many of us were still left to die. So when you said ownership and accountability, just like I said before, when it's like, okay, well, yeah, we're a part of this community, quote unquote. And, and when I say quote unquote, I'm, I, don't dis, I don't disregard a sense of community. I do believe that there is one. I believe that our sense of community, however, in also wanting to keep up with the Joneses and look cool and be in the whatever or be in this place or be seen to be doing that has meant that, again, as we're moving forward, we're moving forward in fragments and waves. We're tectonic plates that are slowly drifting. And the core, or not, not the core, actually, I don't, I'm not going to say the core, but I'm going to say a very large stabilizing part of the galvanizing of the community was blackness and transness and black feminists. And I think one thing that came to mind, unfortunately, as you were speaking, was Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnston being booed off stage at Pride, I want to say three years after they were basically revered yeah. for doing what it they was, did. It was like, it was after like the Brigham. Yeah. It was honestly, and it was like, they were treated like scum. Yeah. And so I think that while it is great to acknowledge how far we have come, I think it is even more important to accept responsibility for our shortcomings and when i say our shortcomings i don't mean mine i mean the community that left my community out and it's not for me to own that 
for that for that part of the community. It is for that part of the community to stand up and say, we fucked up and we're going to do it better. And so in order to feel like a community, sitting here, us here talking is great and it is wonderful. And I could not have asked for a better evening to spend actually talking about things that make me feel so me, so queer, so femme, so pussy, so kind. Um, But I think it's also very important to say that as we leave this space, those of us who benefit from privilege need to think about the way that we use our privilege today, the way that maybe we have not acknowledged our privilege before, and try and make sure that every time we move forward in the world, we are bringing the knowledge that we have learned forward to make a better world for ourselves we can talk about forming community but if we're forming community but you know you're a gay uncle or you're a trans aunt or whatever and because of whole loads of things you are unable to say this is how i feel about this or this is how i feel about that like okay fine find the person that you feel comfortable with go to them and then say, because I have a very good friend, a very, very good friend of mine, Simon, and I'm going to name them because I'm so proud of the friend that they have been to me, and I've only, I only met them a year ago. And there are times where I've, I've literally called them and I've said, listen, I, I don't know, if you don't come for a walk with me, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to end up in a canal or not because I don't think I can mentally deal with it right now. And not only do they hear me and listen they give actual leading, not only questions, but facts on my existence that I thought that I only knew. They will ask me, what are the things that you want to do that you don't have the energy to? Not how can I help you? Because fuck how can I help you? You're asking me to then think about how you can help me. What are the things that you want to do that you can't do right now that I could do for you? And I list them. And then they, say, they, they get up and they do what it is. I'm not asking anyone to be a foot soldier for anybody. But what I am asking for, what I am saying, is that we have to be able to see and recognize, and not only see and recognize, but act upon the exhaustion of those that fall under our so-called community in order to actually foster a sense of community. Thank you for that. Tinder, question? Hi, guys. Um, thank you so much for a lovely evening. Um, so this goes out to all of you. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their identity or gender identity? Um, I do this on the daily. So that's why I, 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 I would say, first off, Get to know you. And I'm not saying that by journaling or by meditation or whatever. All of the things. It's not just one specific thing. For me, the thing that I hated the most was act, was my body. I, I was at war with it. I was like, it's not femme enough. It's not this enough. It's not that enough. And so what I did in order to allow myself on that journey and allow myself to see myself was every morning... As I was moisturizing my body, I would stand in front of the mirror and look at myself as I moisturized my face only at my face. And then as my neck, and I would slowly take in all of these bits of my body that like 
were isolated to me and oh this bit needs to be changed and this need, it needs to be do that and this and that and the other and with every time I did it in the morning as well each time like I decided to get dressed it was less for anybody else but more for how I was feeling because at that moment I'm not playing music and taking on anyone else's vibrations. At that moment, I'm not thinking, oh my God, I'm going to meet this person or whatever. At that moment, I am standing naked as the day I was born in a mirror, facing myself, not looking myself, not taking myself in, facing myself. And I think that that's one thing that we all have to do. We live in a world that is constantly encouraging us to not look at ourselves. Go forward. You have to do this. And what's the next thing that you're doing? And university and this and that and the other. And all of that stops you from connecting with the fact that, oh my God, actually, I just want to sit and write children's books about how to teach people how to love one another from different backgrounds. Because this thing is the practical one and this thing is the one that's going to make you money and this, that, and the other. I would say to anyone that is struggling with their identity, get familiar with your identity just by looking at yourself. Because the things that you trigger when you look yourself in the eye or look at the nose that you got bullied for in school or look at the stretch marks on your knees that you didn't wear shorts for, for, for like three years for because you shot up and then you were told that you were fat when you weren't. Or, you know, looking at your hair, like black people connect with your hair, period. Like run your fingers through it, comb it, shampoo it, moisture, all of that stuff. Just really get, get to grips with seeing you. Because if you don't see you before you go out into the world, when someone tells you this is who you are, you lose yourself. And that's what you believe. And you fixate on that. So I would say before you do anything, before you take on anyone's voice, before you take on anyone's energy, any point in your life, 50, 70, 18, 7, stand in the mirror, look at yourself, take yourself in. For that 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if you only moisturize your face, which I definitely don't recommend, moisturize your whole body. Um, whatever that time is, take that time to take yourself in. Because once you've taken yourself in and let yourself into your home, you know what energy you do and do not want in your home or around you. If I, it was only when I started seeing myself as beautiful that I was able to find myself in a relationship where I felt beautiful and I felt that my partner was beautiful and I felt that us being together was beauty squared. Because when I didn't, when I didn't know myself, when I didn't love myself, when I wasn't into myself in a way that I was like, you know what, bitch, you fucking did that today. When I was not in that space... I was chasing after people who would make me feel great for a moment. And the moment I left them, I felt horrible. And I felt horrible for two days after because I had taken on an energy that had nothing to do with my person or my spirit or my soul or my being. Anyone struggling with their identity, the first thing that I would do is before... I mean, before looking at the Lucy Lou's and the Storms and the Jean Greys of whatever, you know, all of that stuff, stop and look in the mirror and do it naked, butt-ass naked as the day you were born. Because there is something in looking at yourself, not in a sexual context, not right before you go fuck, 
Not right before you find the lube and whatever. Like, none of that. In the morning, where you are just naked because you have to be naked because you happen to have gotten out of the shower, that is you. Connect with that person. That moment. Absolutely. Can I just lead on uh, f- for me? Um, so discovering, exploring like my my gender and how I felt for me well, that was super important. Which is having like an amazing group of like supportive people around me. I was very like I know obviously some people don't have this, but allowing yourself to have that open conversation with the people that love and care about you, and remembering the whole time as well. Like, you're just as worthy of love. You're just as worthy of being loved. You're just as lovable. If anything, you just added an extra bow to your strength. I mean, it's just like these things, but having those people around you that, you know, truly support you and allow you to have that open conversation and allow you to truly be yourself and vent and maybe discuss and maybe explore. Um, Don't pass those people up. Utilize those people. Use those support networks because this is something, like you say, can make a massive difference between vocalizing something we sometimes when we harbor stuff mentally and we think about it and we maybe play with the idea of something our own worst place to be is in our own mind we're gonna work out every worst eventuality in every way possible and when we externalize something when we vocalize it and we outly project it and we have it and it gets out into the universe and you have someone there that's supportive those fears are washed away those fears go and you realize the people that really care, they're the ones that matter. They'll be there anyway. doesn't matter on that. And also it just gives you a piece of like honest, like just a bit of solace. Like you give yourself once again, that weight goes. So you feel comfortable and you feel good for doing it. So if you have those people around you, if you do feel that way, utilize those networks because not everybody has them as well. And so if you do have them, yeah, take solace in the people that love you and that are going to be there to rally you. Thank you all so much. Have you enjoyed the conversation? Yes, fantastic. Can you imagine if I said no? (laughs) (laughs) No. Have you all enjoyed it as well? Yes, of course we have. Well, thank you so much to all of you for being on the show. It's been absolutely incredible. And we have seven more. So please come along to all the others and come listen to the incredible conversations that we have. But please give a massive round of applause to my amazing guests, Helen Javaro. Nathaniel J. Hall, Darkwa Che Darkwa, and Anthony Barnett. Give it up for yourselves. <laughs> and give it up for our wonderful host. Seriously, thank you all very, very much. It's been amazing. I really hope you enjoyed the show. A big thank you once again to all my guests. Please share the podcast give it a five-star review if you'd like, and leave any comments you may have. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for all the latest updates on Queer I Am, the podcast. Also, check out my website, www.fluiactually.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.